Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I finally, I've completed, well, that's a lie. I'm in one draft that's still going uh, with Herms for the lateral. Um, that started a while ago. It's still going. We're almost at the end. And I got to tell you, um, a lot of people are saying, like, you shouldn't have tight ends in drafts anymore. Yeah. Like, you like you don't have a tight end position. You can draft them if you want to, but, like, the risk is up to you. And I agree. But this is what the, that, that one is with Herms. And I was like, all yeah, right. I mean, I got – I, I would never join one of those knowingly. I got trapped in one of them. Oh, Toronto Days in the chat. We're actually in the same league, and it's the only league I'm in that doesn't have a tight end position. I didn't realize it didn't have a tight end position until about halfway through the first round um, <laughs> when I was like linking my roster. Um, I ended up taking a lot of tight ends anyhow because same trying to try trying to calculate like the actual scoring difference. I was like, oh, this you know, these tight ends are actually being undervalued just relative to what they'd be in flex spots. I hate it. There's, there's like, I, I don't understand why people don't like. Yeah. Dave's in both. Dave's in both. He's I, the one with me. Oh, that's awesome. It, it, I I think it's like heinously bad to be like anti the tight end position in fantasy football. Like it's, it's one of the few positions that actually requires strategic thought. Like there's the legitimate opportunity cost involved, you know, it's a there's only four positions as it is there's only four of them and and i mean wide receiver honestly is a very boring one so like in terms of you know in terms of dynasty it's like if you're playing and if you're playing one qb dynasty then quarterback is barely interesting so i I don't get it i I mean i think the tight end position is is essential in terms of trying to add strategic elements actual opportunity costs you know how do you value the positional scarcity of it yeah i I think it's bizarre that people want to get rid of the tight end position especially with how souped up these leagues often give tight ends like this is like a two ppr bonus for tight ends on top of the regular ppr with first downs like okay i'll just draft kyle pitts in the second and i just drafted mark andrews in the third I was like, because, all right, you're now going to completely outscore every wide receiver you have. Like, if you look at it that way, with the, and that's one of the things where if in any league, if they're giving that tight end that much of a premium, like if a reception ends up being three total points or three and a half points per reception, because some of these people think that that makes all tight ends more valuable, it doesn't. It just makes those number those top three or four that much better to curb stomp you with, in my opinion, like Mark Andrews, if he gets 80 receptions with, this is a pretty, I, I would think 80 receptions. We'd feel kind of bummed, but okay. Well now that's turning into 170 receptions on the year. And there Cooper cup, you have just have Cooper cup now. Yeah. I think that the tight end premium it's so I think tight end premium just exacerbates the existing positional scarcity advantage. Like you said, of the actual elites. I think if yeah. you want a format that makes the mid tier of tight end more valuable, that's when you want to do two tight end leagues, two tight end leagues is when you're it's going hell. to get like the Njoku and the Goddard and the Firemuth. And like, if, if you want to make that ilk a lot more important, um, you, you want to go to two tight end leagues because that's where like, yes. you know, they always say in the tight end, it's like, Oh, you have Kelsey or, or everybody's the same. And that's kind of to true to some extent in a one tight end format. And that's true if it's premium or not premium, because even in tight end premium, like you don't usually want to flex tight ends just because usually like, even if they're matching wide receivers at the mediums, you're usually not getting a lot of really high ceiling 
30 bombs out of a tight end, even a tight end premium. Just you're not you have, getting the big plays. Unless you have and, late season Evan Ingram. I mean, like that's, that's true. That's true. That's an exception. But like, usually you look at these tight ends and it's like, you know, at the end of the year, you look at it, it's like, oh, Hayden Hurst was like viable. But it's like, do you really like, are you really playing those flex spots for 10 to 12 points? Um, so two tight end is more, is, is a fascinating format to me. I'm not in any two tight end dynasty leagues. I want to do one this off season. Just because then I think you have even two levels of scarcity because there is no floor. Like tight end 25 is now all of a sudden the replacement level. And tight end 25 is like, if you get two scarce. catches, you're, you're. I say a likely baby. You're in the <laughs> right? weekly lineup. Like you're starting absolute disasters. So I, right. I love it. So I think, I actually think that's interesting. So to answer, Hey, David's question, um, like how do we feel about tight end premium? I think you just summed it up. I don't think we really need to die, hit that too much. Uh, we got uh, from Twitch. Obviously, you can go to Tom Civil FF over there on Twitch. Yeah, after Kelsey Andrews, Hawking, Kittle, it doesn't help. Uh, even out with the other tight ends. Um, I think Jacob would disagree on Hawk, but him and I, that's probably one player him and I actually are separate the most on. Uh, I like Hawk. He doesn't. But I, I think you're right. Um, it really doesn't. It really, that mid-tier is still mid-tier within that tight I mean, end premium. Kittle's arguably worse than tight end premium relative to other tight ends right if you just Correct. think about how he accumulates points hawk is the exact opposite like hawk hawkinson is a guy who's really benefited by the tight end premium format just like if you think about how these guys get points right hawk is the guy right. who's piling up the receptions piling up the receptions he's getting that 0. 0.5 0. 0.5 0. 0.5 0. 0.5 whereas kittle's a guy like you know it's going to be mediocre 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 40 bomb is kind of the kittle thing like so i i'm I like Kittle a lot more in non-tight end premium because his duds hurt you a lot less because yeah. you're not really giving up that much. Like when he just duds out, like I don't even care because it's in in like in non-tight end premium. If I have George Kittle, I just look at it as like he's gonna win me three games this year. I don't know when they're gonna come. Three weeks, he's just gonna win me single-handedly. I hope one of them's in the playoffs, and then all the other weeks, well, whatever. I have the same uh, that I'd get out of any other bum. Like that's I think how you just have to approach George Kittle for your peace of mind. I think you're right. I think it's crazy to me that he's going in the fifth round, George Kittle. Like, I think that that still blows my my mind. Like, you can have George Kittle in the fifth round or Dawson Knox in the twelfth, and he's still going to win you two weeks, three weeks of the year, and be middling in between. I just I think Kittle in the fifth is still kind of wild. Um, yeah, Kittle's a tougher sell for me these days as he ages. Like I Kittle and Waller, man. I love. I, I mean, Waller at least is way cheaper. Um, but not as cheap yeah. as you would think where is he at now oh he is oh, 10th round yeah okay kittle kittle's yeah. just a tough like i mean it's it's kind of it's almost a similar way to like i think you almost feel about like a dj Moore or a terry mclaurin or stuff like where it's just like some of these players you're just like okay i know they're really good and but their situation makes them kind of unreliable but i'm just gonna keep betting on it and you know eventually it'll turn around and it's like with kittle it's just i mean at this point it's, it's just not gonna happen right like he's He's older. Debo's there for the foreseeable future. I the offense is just different. Quite plausibly for the foreseeable future. Like he's, he, we, we already know, we know what the ceiling is. He's shown the same ceiling this year and last year that he's always shown. And like on any given week, he can absolutely hang 40 on your opponent. But yeah, um, and it's usually against Seattle. But uh, I feel like yeah, a you third, know. third year in a row, there's like a quarterback murky landscape for Kittle, right. too. And Dave just said, oh, positionless FF in the future. 
uh, imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think that's where people just want to go to because, like, an all flex league. It's just, oh, I don't want running backs or tight ends. It's like, okay, well, we get that we say that we hate them in fantasy, but, like, come on now. I mean, that takes some of it. Just have kickers, too. I mean, whatever. Um, He said, I'm adopt that mindset for Kittle now. Puts my mind more at ease. You remember in a show, I think it was um, about a month or so ago, we were talking about players that stick around after, like, a good year, and it, like, it continuously refreshes in people's minds. I think Kittle's that player. I think George Kittle's the player that, we all know what he can be and he did it once, maybe even twice. And we're just like, Oh, he, he's going to be back. He's an elite tight end refusing to look around and seeing the flaws in that statement. Uh, and I think it's, it's becoming more and more clear for people in my opinion. I mean, I think it just depends on what you, it, I mean, it always comes down to the cost, but it, it really depends. Like I, I like George Kittle. Like I'm, I'm fine with it. I think you, you just need to understand what you're getting really like to yep. me, to me, it is a mindset aspect. It's like, if you're buying, like if I'm buying George Kittle, it's I'm not really buying a week to week edge at the tight end position. What I am buying is a higher likelihood that I can win my week out of the tight end position uh, on any given week. I, but good, like I said, good fucking luck predicting when you're going to get the, the Kittle bomb. I mean, what was it? The was it the quarterfinals this year? The game against yeah. Seattle where he was he just like annihilated. You yep. know, like that's really fun. And then obviously the next week you're gonna get two catches from him. But like to me, that's fine. Like if I if I'm <laughs> like if if I'm playing three playoff games, you know, I think I have a reasonable shot at the, one of those three weeks. I'm gonna get the Kittle thirty plus game, and then that's and then he's gonna win me one playoff round, and that's fine. That's and you know, other tight ends don't have that in their bag, so I'm okay with it. I don't mind, but he, I can I get that he's tilting if you like care about oh. consistency. He should he should be like when we go full tilt and you go and look that up. It should just be our brand and then Kittle underneath because he is essentially the poster child uh, for the tilting of the week. I mean, he's a, a terrifying player to play against too, right? Like, because you play against yeah. him and it's like, like, well, it depends, right? You you know, if if you're if you're projected down five, you're like, oh great, I get to go against Kittle. He's sitting there with a 15 point projection, and this guy's liable to go one for 12 any week. And if you're projected up 10, you're like biting your cuticles off <laughs> because you're like, this guy could just ruin me single handedly. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the yeah, 50 yeah. 50 shot. You're either throwing <laughs> something or you're selling. Either way, you're sweating it. I'm in a few all flex and stuff just for a twist. So many of my leagues are the same. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we we preach variance on the show all the time. And as Jacob mentioned, he wants to do a two tight end league. I'll probably I'll probably put my name in that hat just because I I think that would be interesting. So when are um, we doing when are we doing the uh, the Discord with the uh, rookies included? It starts we... this week. I just okay, have I'll... to build it. Uh, wait, as we, wait, you and I talk off of screen, there's just a lot of other stuff going on right now course, behind course, scenes. Course. So I will set that up. The full tilt discord draft with rookies included will begin this week. Love uh, it, baby. We're going to, we're going to fire up the program. Let's get this thing riding fun day today. Hope you enjoyed the bonus. Let's, let's kick the show off. Episode two Oh three. Unreal.
Welcome in, everybody. This is the Full Tilt Podcast Network, uh, p- presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group and powered by Underdog Fantasy. Right now, it's not the Super Bowl yet, so guess what? 30% off the early bird special over at Fantasy Points. You go there right now, 30% off your yearly subscription. Everyone should be absolutely smashing that, especially with Fantasy Points data coming through with absolutely clutch clutch information for you all season especially if you're into the chart porn articles the usage rate all everything you need right there at fancy points go and hit that up this is the flagship program the one that started it all everybody wants one well we got one it's right here it's one of a kind you can't have it it's all ours but we share it with all of you because talking into a microphone for yourselves not as exciting this is episode 203 of course we are we are one down. Uh, the smartest man alive has gone into hiding as he uh, reaches for his PhD. So we're pulling for you, buddy. Uh, but in 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 the wake of him being gone, you get more of myself and the man of the hour at Jacob Sanderson. Uh, man, so much fun stuff to do today. We're not going to go through news. There's not really a ton of it anyway. Like let's be honest, it's Super Bowl week. We're going to get Super Bowl predictions today. We did this last year. We're going to do it again. I don't think either yeah. like any of us came close last year. So we're going to, we're going to try. I think we all picked the Bengals actually. No, I, I, there's no way I picked the Bengals. I definitely, are you sure? Them. I'm a hundred percent sure. I picked I'm going to run the tape back. I'm going to, I'm going to try to clip this together. I know I took the Bengals and I'm pretty sure Billy took the Bengals too. Either way, uh, we're going to get predictions on that. And to this week we're talking about quarterback. I, I know that I bet the Rams, so I'm pretty sure I would have said them on the show, but we'll see. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go tape. check the tape anyway for dramatic effect. Uh, we we love dramatic effect yeah. around here. Um, we're gonna be talking quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. All those lovely positions that we think are gonna be shifting the most, and kind of what we're predicting when we come back to our next show, which is uh, it'll be March seventh. Uh, we after this show, full tilt dynasty podcast takes a break until March seventh. We all kind of need a breather. Fantasy Walkabout does come back next Friday, and the Devi oh. podcast switches to two weeks. So there's no Devi podcast this week, but the Devi podcast will be back next week. And I got to just shout out everyone who listens to the Devi pod. We just hit our highest download total for a single week on the Devi pod. You guys are continuing to show up, and we love you for it. We appreciate all you for that. I'm ready. Are you ready, Jacob? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to start, of course, with uh, possibly the most chaotic position in Dynasty fantasy football. We're going to start with the quarterback position. Um, I think that there are a couple players that I think we're going to see massively shift in in the Dynasty landscape, in startups, in trades, in values, all the lovely ranks that we're going to see posted nonstop. I think quarterbacks as always, is going to be probably one of the more... Oh, uh, I lost Jacob for a second. I don't know what happened. Oh, he's coming back now. Uh, Sorry, one sec. I'm having weird camera issues, but they will be solved in, in half a second. So I apologize <laughs> to the people. No, I just okay. I accidentally I accidentally unplugged my cameras. Is, oh, uh, nice. We love that. Um, but now we're back. We're professionals here. Um <laughs> Um, no, I, I think it's a it's kind of a controversial position uh, at all times, and I think it's going to continue to be so. So let's talk about 
a few. Jacob, I'm looking yeah. at a board right now over there at the Bulletproof Fantasy Football ADP uh, via the website, and I am seeing some pretty remarkable changes from the last time that Trevor Lawrence moving all the way up to QB six, yeah, Lamar Jackson staying put at QB seven. I feel like one Oh nine for the last two years. for Lamar Jackson has just been his, but Justin Fields creeping up to that dangerous territory at one ten. I'm seeing there's like fields over Lamar takes in on Twitter that I just want to, that it angers me. It makes me, it makes me righteously mad to see there are fields if fields gets t higgins there's no reason he can't be patrick mahomes takes out there on the internet it's a common take it's like a not it's not like a niche take it's not like an uncommon i'm not gonna say it's a majority take but it is like it is a take that you'll find from multiple corners of the internet and not all of them are bears fans that it's like why would i want lamar over fields fields is just as good of a runner if not better and he's a better passer and it's like in what world? <laughs> in what yeah. world is he a better passer? Like, if you want to say, if you you, I think that you have all of the excuses in the universe to say Fields is currently a dog shit passer, and here's why he's going to eventually be a really good passer, and why yeah. it would have been hard to have expected him to be a good passer yet. That's fine. I'm here for that argument. I do not think it's out of the question at all that Fields becomes a really good passer. Why people insist on pointing at the sky and saying that it's red and saying (laughs) that Fields is already a good passer is lunacy. He's not. By any possible metric, he has not been a good passer. Maybe he will become one. But, like, I mean, it's like box versus boat on crack. Like, Lamar is a demonstrably good passer that people think isn't and it's weird i don't get it like do people not look at any form of statistical analysis i drives me nuts i i don't i love lamar jackson and i stand lamar jackson and i always will it wasn't me people it wasn't me that went on that tirade but i'll say this it's the same reason right where it's like oh get him some weapons like we've seen what he can do without it you know it's the same same thing with brock purdy right r.i.p that dream but Brock Purdy, right? It was all oh, it's only his his first year and he's doing this as a rookie. You know, he can develop after this. Eh, maybe, but we already know that there's people out there that are better. So I mean the for, Ravens were seventh in EPA per play before yeah. Lamar Jackson got injured. Again. And his wide receiver room was like four games of Rashad Bateman, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins. Uh, he didn't even get to play with Watkins. Devin Watkins Duvernay. came after. Okay, Deshaun Jackson, James oh. Proche. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, I mean, who who has weapons? Okay, he has Mark Andrews. Great. He has he has a good tight end. I mean, he had nothing. Yep. No, I agree. I uh, think him sitting there at, at uh, QB seven is this going to be a sweet spot that I'll just keep hammering home. I continue um, to add more Lamar Jackson. Right, and that's where I think like the Justin Fields moving at into QB eight territory is interesting to me. Kyler Murray is sitting there at QB ten territory, and I would much rather have Kyler Murray. Um, I think we're going to continue to see Kyler Murray's ADP drop. I think that that, if we're talking about quarterback trends, which is what we're talking about on this specific program today, I am going. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say I see Kyler Murray dropping towards the middle of round two uh, to the end of round two. I'm talking about pick uh, uh, 210, 
211 for Kyler Murray, the coaching situation. Uh, people talking about, oh, the head coach doesn't want him. The, we know all these narrative drives ADP. We hate right. coach speak. We talk about it every time. I don't fucking care. Oh, this guy looks great. He looks great right now. Uh, OTAs have started. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks phenomenal. But them already still not having a coach, right, or a GM or an offensive coordinator as far as I know, that's concerning to this point in the offseason. Like maybe they're waiting for enemy. Sure, maybe. I don't even know if I like that fit necessarily. I mean, supposedly but... they've, they've zeroed in their two finalists as Kafka and, and um, Anna Rumo. Right. That's okay. I like Kafka. I like, I like, I don't mind the Mike Kafka higher either. Yeah. We'll see. But it, it it is concerning, but we know how people love to drive these narratives. Then I think these narratives are going to drive Kyler Murray down. And I do think the middle of round two, and you'd be like, oh, that's not that big a change going from 203 to 208. The fuck it isn't. Right. I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're, that's a full, like, we're looking at Tua at QB 12 at 308. So after Kyler and Dak, another quarterback doesn't go for damn near an entire full round after that. So you're telling me that I'm going to be able to pay minimally to move up from Tua to Kyler in a startup in the next couple of weeks? Oh, my God. That should be every time. You should be doing this. Because what do we talk about? We mm-hmm. talk about you want the two you want two elite quarterbacks in Dynasty. So we were take one in the first round and use your middle round picks to trade up to the early two to make sure you net you don't have to do you can pay significantly less for somebody's 209 if Kyler Murray starts slipping that far. Significantly less to move up to the 209. I, I agree with you that Kyler is going to fall. And I don't think that he should, but I do agree no. with you. I think, you know, especially in the context of a startup, like, yeah, he's a tough click in a startup in the same way that we kind of saw with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's it's obviously very different reasons. But from like a strictly fantasy football startup roster construction perspective, what you'd notice is, you know, in trades, I had a lot of difficulty acquiring Deshaun Watson on discount in trades because Mm -hmm. typically, you know, the people had their roster in place. They had a plan. They could, they could, you know, manage it however they wanted to manage it. But in a startup, you'd often see him really fall and fall and fall because it's a tough click. You know, normally it's like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to lock in my elite quarterback or my two elite quarterbacks early, and then I can forget it. You take Kyler, you can't actually forget it, right? Like, you know, if you're doing the one-year tank, sure. But if you want to compete, like, you have to probably plan around the fact you don't have Kyler for, I'm going to say minimum six weeks. It it might be eight. It might be 10. It might be all of 2023. I'm not a doctor. But I'm planning minimum first six weeks of the season are Kyler-less. Right. Yeah. So if, if that's reality, right, that's tough to be like, I just spent my second round pick and I still have to address this position in this startup later because I can't start that player for a while. And it's easy in a world, you know, it's easy in a sense to be like, oh, well, I'll get this guy later. I'll get this guy later. I'll get this guy later. It's harder to do that when you're on the clock and you don't know how the rest of the draft is going to go. And yes. you don't want to be in a position where it's round 10 and there's been a quarterback run and there's a wide receiver you really want, but you need to cover those six weeks with Kyler. I don't think that's the way to go about it. I think you should be just trying to look at the value, try to look longer term and then address these short term issues later when you get an opportunity but I get why that's the case. And I will say this too. Like I thought in my mind that I had more faith in <laughs> Kyler Murray than I actually did when my dick was on the table because 
I don't have that much Kyler, to be honest. Um, it's not because I've been out on him or anything. It's just him and Lamar have seemingly gone in the same range forever. And I've always liked Lamar Jackson more. Um, so I, I don't have a ton of Kyler. Why, I think I have, that's, why, that's why we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a couple Kylers. And, and I thought I'd be buying a lot more this offseason. I've tried a little bit. And then one spot was I was in a league where one dude has an absolutely loaded team. Um, and he has uh, Patrick Mahomes and he has Kyler. And I have a pretty good quarterback situation. I have Lamar Jackson. I have Deshaun Watson. I have Trey Lance. And I have Jared Goff. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't mind actually doing a Lamar Kyler swap and I'll get some stuff on top. And then it was like, well, what do you need on top? And like in my mind going into it, I was like, well, you know, if I could just get like a little bit on top, it's not that big of a deal. I can survive. And then I started to think about it and I'm like, dang, I actually need like a good chunk on top. Like, I don't know that the anxiety started to creep into my mind when mm -hmm. I was like, do I feel good giving up, you know, Lamar, who I don't have any long-term concerns about and I don't have health concerns about for Kyler where things are just a little bit sketchier, right? It's a little bit sketchier. Sure. So um, I, I do think, uh, I do think that to some extent it's warranted to some extent it's not, but even to the extent it's not like I'm, I'm guilty of it too. That doubt is definitely creeping into my mind. Uh, okay. That's interesting. That's fair. Um, that's a lot on Kyler Murray. Let's talk about some other guys that I think are going to move um, down. I want to talk about someone that I think is actually going to move down. I think it's going to continue to be Trey Lance. I think he slipped in the fourth round. He's at QB 13. Uh, I think he's going to continue to move down a little bit, man. I really do. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is going to start creeping up, and I think people Where's are just going to be like, right now? Well, he is sitting at QB eighteen. So if you're talking well, about what's QB his like, 13, what's his range? Is it like six? Six eleven. Six eleven. Yeah. So six eleven. So I can start seeing scenarios where if Daniel Jones gets his contract, or you mm. start hearing positive things about it immediately after the Super Bowl, we've got Russell Wilson moving up. Uh, I really think that Derek Carr already visiting teams like the Saints. I think people are going to want to start pushing those guys up. And ambiguity with the Brock Purdy arm situation plus the Trey Lance situation as a whole, I think he's going to continue to slip a little bit. It wasn't that long ago he was a third-round pick. So I can see Trey Lance slipping even farther back into the fourth round, which obviously we think that's a smash. Um, well, yeah, and I, I disagree with you. I think Lance's value is going to be moving upward big time. Interesting. I mean, I think he's had a – so – It's just that it's it's already moved down. It's, it's moved down. So – But I think it's, it's moved down. Like, okay, so why, why did it – like, first – early on, right? Like, I think when we were looking at, you know, and there wasn't as many startups happening, so it's always a bit of guesswork. But, like, quote-unquote ADP – kind of in the late regular season, I would say, like before right. Brock Purdy kind of revealed himself to be a potential long-term thorn in his side. But there was still the question of like, will Garoppolo maybe come back? What about Tom Brady? You know, there's always been those lingering questions. Um, Lance was pretty solidly still a round three type value. And then the Purdy stuff happens, and that really changed a lot of things where we saw him going down, down, down. I mean, right. he, he went like three for three on good offseason news, like over the course of a 48-hour window, right? We got Brady retiring. So that's yeah. no longer a concern. Kyle Shannon was like, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, see you later. He's not coming back. He's so then it's only Purdy. Out, yeah. And Purdy has to have significant elbow surgery. So I think it comes down to 
you know, he has multi, he has like a lot of outs before it felt like there was a lot of bullets that he had okay. to avoid, which was like, okay, can he avoid the Brady bullet? Can he avoid the Jimmy bullet? And then can he, have, and then can he beat out Brock? And now it's almost the opposite. He, he doesn't have these other alternative bullets coming from other veterans. And now it's a matter of now he just has a lot of outs. It's like first out, he just has a really great camp and he established himself as the Niners starter. Second out, Brock Purdy, his elbow is so fucked up that he can't even start. Third out, you know, he gets traded elsewhere, right? It's like he has these three different contingency plans now sure. to being a starter where I think it's going to be, it's just looking more and more and more likely to me that he ends up being a starting quarterback in 2023 um, to the point where like I was really buying a lot of Lance at like peak panic. I've shifted my mindset where I'm like, I'm kind of wondering if I could sell a little bit now if he gets back up there. So we'll, we'll see. It's, it's definitely something to monitor. I mean, I'm, my thoughts on the Lance thing is, is, you know, we don't know what he's going to be anymore at this point. His value installation is entirely burned through. So it's a high risk, right. high reward bet. And yeah, you're right. It's just the cost. Like if he, if he does sneak up into that like two, three range where it's like, okay, how much would I have to add to Lance or trade up from Lance range to just get into Kyler range or Dak range or Lamar range, you know, I'm going to do that. If um if he does slide down into like round four or five, then yeah, I agree. It's just a smash. It's just, I'm just going to, well, he's already going to take it and you know, we're going to deal with it. That's what I'm saying. He's already a mid four pick at four or six. So I mean, at this, at this point, are you willing, let's just, let's go with this one. Then you were being pro Dak in the bulletproof discord. Uh, You've been pro Dak on the bird app uh, uh, in recent weeks. Yeah. Right. Dak going immediately behind two Oh four. Let's ask, a startup-based question for the listeners. Would you rather just take Dak at 204 or trade down from Dak at 204, get an extra sixth-round pick to net Trey Lance? Like, how confident are you in that buying of Lance then? No, I mean, I'm not looking to to rack up additional mid-round picks, particularly in the startup. I I mean, I'm I'm honestly trying to get out of that mid-round pick and startup i'm i'm of a couple minds on Dak. i mean i've always been a big fan of his game from a real life perspective i've never been as aggressive of a buyer in a fantasy perspective um but you know he's a guy too i bought that i think this is very much an isolated incident like this is like a don't try this at home but i mean i got Dak for the 112 (laughs) and the 25 yesterday Um, oh my god unprompted like it was just offered to me um and obviously i accepted um so I, I do think we're in a spot like people did not like people were, got very angry. I mean, it's, there's some narrative drop potential with Dak, right? That people yes, re- really got been. angry about the interceptions this year for, 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 in my opinion, very silly reasons. And then he has a really horrific, like genuinely horrific playoff performance against San Francisco. So I think that there's going to be people that, that don't like Dak, you know, and, and that was an interesting spot where, it was an orphan that had been sold off to a new person. He comes in and he inherits Dak on the team. And he's probably one of the dudes on Twitter who's like Dak sucks. Right. Like, I mean, sure. So, you know, I think, I think it's a guy that I'm probably more interested in buying this off season, almost certainly than I have been the last two off seasons where if people are questioning, is it like the issue, my issue with Dak is that he's not actually that young. He doesn't run anymore. And so you're, you're basically just betting on passing efficiency which is right. a tough ask at his price um, and at his age. 
But if people are no longer baking that in, like if people are no longer baking in the hashtag good at football factor with him, then I'm going to buy because he is good at sure. football. Okay. That's why I just wanted to, I just wanted to gauge and get a little bit from you on Dak to um, like your willingness. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a trade that we see happen often too, for a, a four and a five or two for a, a four and a six with like a future pick. We see those trades um, all the time. And Toronto, Dave, I consider Dak as the, Oh my God, I can't even read. I consider Dak as early as the one, two turn. I cannot even read today. Yeah. That's where I'm going. I've traded up to get him at two, one to, because again, he was like really the last of that quarterback tier for me. So I agree with you there. And Toronto Dave also says, I'd also have no issues taking Lamar top five. No, absolutely not. I'd still take him fourth. Chandler Russell. I'm moving my Dak shares this off season quietly. No legs upside. Isn't really isn't there. He's fancy Kirk Cousins now. I mean, I think he's been fancy Kirk Cousins always in a sense. Yes. Well, or I should always as in since he broke his ankle. Um, in a sense, like in a sense of like in a given season, yeah, the projection is not that different. I think I actually bet um, on like Cousins versus Dak at plus odds in the Discord with, with one of the patrons. Um, the, the difference is, is like, he is a lot more stable long-term. He's really good. He's a lot younger. Like, and, and then it's just how much are you willing to pay for that? And in the past, I would have said you have to pay way too much for that. And, and maybe that's not going to be the case anymore. Um, you know, we'll see. It seems like cinnamon on him is down. <laughs> okay, so we've got Kyler. We both think Kyler's going to move down. I think Lance will move down. You think he's going to move up. Yeah. Uh, we have got uh, that. Uh, we've talked about Dak. I just want to get a few quick hitters before we move on. I want one quarterback from you a little bit later that's going to move up and then one you think is going to move down real quick before we uh, switch to tight end here. One guy who's moving up, you know, I don't, I I don't, I couldn't even tell you what his ADP is right now, to be honest. So maybe, um, maybe he's already moved up a lot, but uh, Jordan love. uh, I mean, that's a guy 10th round already. That's, that's pretty questionable to me, Um, but he might even keep moving up. Like people, People apparently still have a lot of hope for this guy, um, which is I- interesting to me. Uh, what's fascinating to me is that people like he has been freely available for years. Like if you wanted like several periods of time during the season, especially if you wanted to trade third round picks for Jordan Love, I bet you could have got him half the time. Um, yep. And what's so interesting is like every time we get this window where it's like, oh, might this guy start? And then people like immediately shift their priors I, I mean i think there's a reasonable shot he's gonna start the year but i, yep. I mean the odds are the guy's gonna be horrible right like we have to be honest about this like the odds are he's going to be bad like he hasn't played in three years for a reason he was not a good prospect like so i'm I, i'm that's a guy who's shooting up in value where people are all of a sudden getting excited and i think it's a really high risk bet but you know it seems like the appetite for him is a lot higher than i thought i didn't like realize it to be honest because i like got a random offer of a second form. I was like, yes. And then people were like, why did you only take that? And I, and I guess that's true. I, I guess he's moving up a lot. And then, yeah. Um, I had another guy in my head, but I lost him. So you go, who's your late guy that you think is going to move up? That I think is going to move up. Uh, I think the answer is pretty easy for me. I mentioned him earlier. It's Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is going to move up massively. I think that right now, I think his value right now is mint at QB 20 in the eighth round. I think that's safe. We know he can play. Uh, And he's kind of getting his choice on where he wants to go. 
if he goes to the Saints, I'd be right back in. I would be right back in. Uh, Toronto Dave says uh, Russell Wilson. Obviously, I think we all think he's going to go up. Yep. He's already getting touted, moving up. I think he's at uh, 6'11", the QB 18. I think he has a chance to pass Trey Lance at QB 13 and move like right into that spot again. I really do. But my other one, 100%, I think it's Derek Carr, no matter where he goes. He's always been that reliable mid to late QB 2, and I always well, want him on my roster. I remember who the other guy is that I think is going to move up, and it might not happen – immediately but i think it'll happen in the later off season is matthew stafford is going to move up uh, i mean people are going to start because once we right now people are like oh my god his elbow his retirement rumors i mean there's like a lot of lingering doubt because we haven't seen him play in a bit once we get into projection season i mean cup's going to be back and he's going to look healthy and they're, they're going to there's going to be videos of stafford to practice throwing a cooper cup again and like we know what the rams deal is it's a it's an offense that's fantasy friendly in terms of how they scheme things their offensive line kind of got figured out over the latter half of the season um you know i think people are are like selling stafford really short at the moment and i think once people get projections up they're going to realize like wait why is stafford all that much different than kirk cousins you know yeah. and, and Derek carr and these guys i think that's a guy that that i would be sending out some low balls on right now For sure. i like this question from hey david yeah he says who is the last quarterback that you would take over cj stroud and bryce young well, and it's Kyler Murray for me, or I guess Deshaun Watson for me. I think probably in my, my personal ranks, I mean, Deshaun Watson's going before Kyler Murray right now, but that Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson are probably the last guys I'm taking over Stroud and Young. And I'm, I might, I might taking straight up over fields is, is potential for me. Whoa, but that's a lot higher than I am on these guys. Yeah. So I think, I think the last one might be Dak or Kyler, but if I don't have to straight up take him over, I would be considering moving Justin Fields for that pick and the plus that comes along with it. I'm uh, my answer is probably Dak. Um, I'm toying with saying Lance or Tua as well. Probably, um, probably leaning no on that at this moment in time. I think right. if I think if Trey. If it gets like confirmed that Trey is going to start week one at some point, then I would take him over these guys. But I, I I think that with how much, you know, doubt there is around him, I'm not sure there's all that much of a need to incur that risk now and not just try yeah. to make that deal later. Um, I, I mean, honestly, like I'm not, I'm not a two, a guy um, personally, but I I'll just say like, I see the argument of why you would take two over these guys, which is that Bryce and Stroud don't profile as runners, you know? So if you look at them as distributors and you look at, well, you know, two has already shown the ability to distribute at a high level in an effect. He's already in an, in a strong offensive environment, you know, he's youth isn't really a factor. So why wouldn't you rather just take two of these guys? I think sure. that's logical. Um, I have some issues with Tua's game and how I think it's going to sustain over, over, into this year and beyond. But I, I think that that's a logical take that people could have. And I want to highlight it, even if I don't actually share it. Sure. I No, I think that's fair. And as for Dave, you, uh, as for Dave, you take both over Dak. Uh, no, like I said, Dak is probably the last one. Uh, did I say Dak? No, Deshaun. Yeah, I would take, if somebody were offering me 102, 103 for Dak right now, I would definitely be considering it at this point. Uh, knowing that you don't have to take that deal right now is a benefit. Uh, but I, I'm getting to that point right now where, yeah, I, I think that that last Deshaun Kyler 
the last people that I think are really that elite top five or potential would kind of be where I'm at. Cause I think looking ahead that these two guys are already going to be projected in the top 12. That's my big, bold, hot take. Both of these quarterbacks leading up to the draft are shooting into the top 12 of dynasty rankings for quarterbacks. So that's my opinion. That's what I think is going to happen. So I'm just looking at it from that projectability. All right. That's the quarterbacks. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we went a little harder on the quarterbacks than I thought we would. So on the tight end, we're going to change it up. We're going to do it real quick. We're going to do one moving up, one moving down each, and then we're going to move on to the running backs. And I really want to send as much time as I can on the wide receivers because I love your analogy on wide receiver twos, your cup analogy. I love that, and I'd love to get into that a little bit. So sit tight. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss tight ends moving up and down by the time we get back in a couple of weeks. Sit tight. Six-second break. And I just want to remind everyone that you need to go over to Fantasy Points on their YouTube channel and go and watch the Two Point Stance podcast where they talk about their favorite prop bets for Super Bowl Sunday. Definitely worth the watch. Go and check that out. Now, Jacob, let's talk about some tight ends. We did it in the bone the opening extra bonus section. We're going to carry that over here. Give me a tight end that you think is going to be moving up by the time we come back on March 7th. Oh man. Uh, I don't even know what it is, but this guy, I have a whole bunch of him. Uh, not tight end 16 any... round 12 right now. Is he already that high? Yeah. That's it's moving, high. man. He's That's going, he's going, he's going, he's uh, going just after Dawson Knox and Trey McBride. Okay. I think he passes those guys then. Okay. I mean, uh, so I have a lot of a con quote, uh, just not because I'm some savant or anything. I just was like, Oh, that's a fast dude. He's going undrafted. So I just like added him randomly a bunch of teams and like at every trade negotiation that I've had so far this off season in teams that I have him rostered, people have been like, Yo, can you throw in this guy? Like people are like it's it's been a guy that people continue They're to bring hungry. up unprompted to fit him into every single trade. Um, I, he's a guy that I'm honestly like pretty happy to move, especially if I already have a tight end that I really believe in. Not because I don't think he's dope. It's just he's short, he's small, and yes, he has this really hyper efficiency in the small sample. But like specifically, if you look at tight ends that you know, fit this kind of profile. Like he's not an 11 personnel tight end. Most likely he, he looks like an H back to me. So I, I think that this is a guy okay. who will forever live as a hyper efficient role player, but um, it, he's an exciting player. And I think that people, uh, you know, it's, it's tight end, right? People rightfully, once they get to a certain point at tight end, they're like, this guy stinks. This guy stinks. This guy stinks. This guy stinks. Oh, young guy. Cool Hopeful. stats. Yeah. Right. And I get that. So like, I I'd probably take him over Dawson Knox, honestly. So I, I so let's, him. Let's let's play the game. Let's play the game. You've talked about him. Let's play the game then. Yeah. Uh, with him going at, at the twelve oh nine. Let's talk about some players that go immediately thereafter. Real one's really rough. It's Tom Brady. Yikes. Uh, would you trade uh, a Conquo for? Uh, let's get some players that went before him. Uh, Jacoby Myers. Um. Yes, in a start eleven. 
Okay. <laughs> I love how specific that is. Well, Jacoby uh, you... Myers is like the king of like, if you're, if you're at a half PPR start nine, that dude is irrelevant. If you're in like yeah. a full PPR start 11, then, you know, that, that's like, that's a, a guy. That's fair. I love that. Uh, would you take the 207 straight up right now for, for Chig? Yes, I would. Okay. Wandale straight up. Uh, I, I love seeing that faceless, that, that look, cause you want to say yes so quickly, but it's, uh, I love it. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think I'd probably just rather shoot for the moon on the tight end, right? I mean, you got to be right like three times with Wandell now. Like he's got to get healthy. He's got to actually be sure. good. And then that's got to manifest for fantasy. Like it's just sure. the ACL, man, that sucks. I'm thinking, I'm just saying uh, those are the players yeah. going immediately before him. So that's where I, I think it's interesting in the distinction. Toronto Dave says, Jacoby for me, fair distinction, 207 for, for TD, and he says Wandale as well. Guys, you can uh, partake, drop in the comment, head over to the YouTube channel. Make sure to hit subscribe on the Full Tilt Dynasty YouTube channel. We are growing. We're almost at 370. Remember, 500 massive giveaway we don't know if it's going to be the jsn signed jersey the custom full tilt dynasty podcast championship belt we don't know what it's going to be yet but we have them and we're deciding at 500 subs we do the massive giveaway uh so you're going to want to get in on that just hit subscribe anyway you're already here and it helps us go a long way look a tight end that i think is going to be skyrocketing this offseason it's going to be daniel bellinger Danny um, Belly. I think he's go. gonna move up. Tight end 18 already. He's super cheap to acquire. He was actually pretty okay uh in a couple games last year as a rookie on a team that does not have a ton of options. But look, let's make the case for him. He's young. Okay, he he's on an offense that we think will be ascending. He's people love, people love Daniel Jones right now. People they are, love him. Oh Daniel Jones God. is a fifth round pick. Where right were now. you? Yeah, that's egregious. Where were these people? You know, when I was out here on my own little Daniel Jones Island, where were these people? <laughs> look at them now. Exactly. Jones. So I think that all of his weapons, because if you look at an offense, right? Well, if Daniel Jones is going this high and we're going to get excited about an offense, you have to think that the other weapons are going to move up. Now, I'm not saying Bellinger is going to move from round 15 to round 8, 9, or 10. But if you're getting a round 15 pick right now and you're starting to see him creep into that round 12 and 11, I think that's a legitimate possibility for Daniel Bellinger right now, especially in tight end premium leagues. Uh, especially before rookie drafts. Like we're saying, this is in the yep. next three weeks. I think the hype train, especially if uh, Daniel Jones started hearing that contract resigning and the offense gets another receiver. Well, maybe he can be Dawson Knox. Maybe <laughs> he can, you know what I mean? Like people are going to put dabble and then Knox in that. Oh, yeah. Remember how much people love Dawson Knox. Love Dawson Knox. They really do for some reason. I think that he has a legitimate chance at really moving up. And like, look at the tight ends in that range, right? Mike Gesicki, who's already been told he's not coming back. Noah Fant, no thank you. Right, um, Jelani um, Woods. Those, are, those are my two favorite buys. I don't yeah, think they're going to be moving up, by the way, but those are the two guys I actually want to be. Sure. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I patch belly. Yeah, no, man. Um, unreal. Um, Toronto Dave says uh, Knox is mid. Uh, based Shaboba, also of the full tilt uh, discord. Belger can block opportunity to start right away. Just hope Daniel Jones can throw to him more. That's the hope, but that's what I'm talking about. You're starting to be able to piece together uh, opportunity. 
Um, all right, I need a tight end that's going to fall, Jacob, real quick before we move on to running backs. I need a tight end that's going to drop. Tight end going to drop. Um, hmm. I think th- this this is a hard one because people, I think I think people like want to paint a rosy picture for tight ends, but I'll, I'll say that Dalton Schultz, the tight end, is going to drop, and that's just because I think that people are still baking in, you know, kind of what his production's been in Dallas, and I don't think that he's going to be re-signed. So I think that we're going to see Dalton and. I'll make this Schultz slash Ingram if he's not re-signed. It's just reading the beat reports. It seems the consensus is that Ingram will probably be more likely than not to re-sign. I think that people's, I think that Schultz is going to end up in a spot that probably does not look quite as attractive and people will not be as interested in projecting him for what he was able to do. I think that that, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like an Austin Hooper situation to me with, with Dalton Schultz, where he did what he needed to do in a role that was very favorable to him. But I'm not sure that people actually have a lot of faith in him as a talent uh, that's going to go into a new situation and produce similarly. So that's a guy that I would probably look at as one who winds up dropping quite a bit. And also, please go and acquire Ferguson. He looked good in his opportunities to fill that same role. Please go and acquire him. I agree with you on the Dalton Schultz. Is Schultz needs Ferguson versus Hendershot, the new Schultz versus Jarwin? Maybe, but I, I believe in Ferguson personally. Uh, he doesn't have as cool of a name though, so I'll give him that. Tight end. No, I, I, just, I love move. the Dallas. Like we get to do the whole like two like that... mediocre white tight ends battling again. I agree. Uh, for me, we talked about him earlier. It's going to be George Kittle. I think that even with Trey Lance, if you think he's going to move up. Uh, I still think the question of, well, how much passing volume is really going to be there? And George Kittle was not phenomenal with uh, basically anyone other than Brock Purdy, even this year. And uh, we saw a little bit of decline last year as well. I think sitting in the fifth round is insane to me for him. And I think we're going to absolutely start to see him drop, especially as guys like Dallas Goddard and Friar Muth uh, continue to climb. And Toronto Davis pouring one out for for Blake Jarwin, as I'm sure, uh, you know, Mike, the hitman right is done for the last couple of years. I really like Friar Muth at, at cost, by the way, that, that's yeah. a guy that I would Phenomenal. be targeting. I mean, he, he's, he, he plays with like legitimate players. I mean, I, I think highly of Deontay Johnson and I know that I like to bash on George Pickens, but like, he's a quality NFL player. Friar Muth is earning targets at a pretty high clip, you know, next to two yeah. very legitimate NFL weapons. And, and at one point, even next to three NFL wide receivers there with Claypool too. And, and he was just in year two. I, I'm interested in him. Yep, I agree. I was acquiring last year as well, trading off of Kelsey to get Farm Youth Plus. I think you should still be trying to do that. That's the tight ends. We're going to come back. We're going to do running backs real quick and hopefully spend some time on these wide receivers. Sit tight. I'm loving the episode so far. Hang in there with us. Look, winning is phenomenal. Right. As you guys would know, I beat Jacob this year in the uh, fantasy fantasy league, and I made sure to treat myself for it as the rightful and true champion. Uh, And I went to trophysmack.com. I used our promo code full tilt and I got this wonderful championship ring to to really let uh, me pummeling Jacob's piss poor fantasy team into the ground. Uh, I am the champion. You can let your league know as well by heading over to trophysmack.com, going and getting yourself a custom trophy. Use our promo code full tilt and 
put this ring in the cart and you get this championship ring for free. I don't know why you wouldn't go and do that. You're already buying a trophy. And if not, you shouldn't be. It doesn't even have to be for winning. You can buy the worst player in your league, Brad, uh, uh, a chain, a toilet bowl chain to give to him to let him know that he did, in fact, finish last. You should do that. Use promo code full tilt. While we talk about things and players that help us win our championships, let's talk about running backs because I feel like we all hate, um, like not we all, I shouldn't say that, but for the most part, running backs are disgusting at this time of year, like especially at this time of year. Yet you see Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker all going in the second round. And then you get Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Austin Eckler, Javante, and Josh Jacobs all going in, in the top four rounds. Mm-hmm. I find this to be interesting. Let's talk about a running back that you think is going to continue to move up and as before, we're going to come back and do one that we think we are going to go down. Um, let's, let's start with going up. Right. And we're, positive we're going, and get sad afterwards. Sorry, to be clear, we're, we're doing positive and we're doing it from the early, earlier running backs first. Doesn't matter. You can be Doesn't anyone. Matter. One running okay. back on the board right now. I should have worded that better. Okay, I'll go. We're going to do one running back on the board, anywhere on the board that you think is going to move up by the time we come back in March. Okay, so I was... Uh, I was building also, my running back ranks in the Bulletproof Discord um, last week, and I was mostly going off of fantasy calc order, so I'm sure ADP is is different. But Tyler Algier at that point was all the way down at RB35. Um, yep. I have him ranked all the way up at RB21, and I think that the market's going to wind up closer to my rank than that. I, I think RB26. It, right, and I think that's going to continue to climb. Um We'll see. I'm going to say it's at least going to continue to climb up to the NFL draft. I'm not going to make anybody any promises as to what is going to happen in the NFL draft with day three <laughs> running backs. Like, I, I'm going to tell you this. One of these, Rashad, like, and some of these guys are day two, but one of these, like Rashad White, James Cook, um, Tyler Algier, uh, Damian Pierce, well, a couple of these dudes are going to get, Clips. you know, spiked. And some of them are going to survive. Don't don't ask me which ones. I, I don't. I'm not a right. fortune teller. I don't have magic powers. All all I'm going to say is that Tyler Algier was the best of them in terms of how he performed on the football field this year by whatever metrics you want to look at. I'll hear arguments for Pierce based on context of the Houston offense and the context of Atlanta, in which there was a really positive house effect with Arthur Smith, how he schemed the run, and a lot of running backs being successful there. But he was unequivocally a better running back than Brian Robinson, than Isaiah Pacheco than James Cook, than Rashad White. And, and a lot of these dudes are going similar or higher than he is. I think this dude's going to continue to climb, especially I think a lot of these vets that are still occupying a certain spot are going to keep moving Mixon, down the board. 16. Joe Mixon, that dude is pretty liable to get cut. Dalvin Cook might be cut. Alvin Kamara is likely going to be suspended. He could potentially be cut or traded. James Conner, we'll see what happens with his situation. There's guys like Miles Sanders and David Montgomery – that I think are still holding some presumptive value based on situations they were in their situation. They're currently in is being somewhere between the fourth to sixth to if some of these other running backs get cut eighth to 10th best running backs in a free agent landscape. Yeah. They could be timeshare backs. They could be backups. So I think that we're going to see Algier continue to in- increase in value as we get closer and through free agency. Um, and, and that's going to be, I think, a guy that I would 
you're betting on right now as in today, if you can get somebody who's lagging the market a little bit, and then you can figure out what to do in April. I, I do believe in the player. We'll see what happens in the draft. I agree. And it's funny you mentioned Miles Sanders is only going one spot before Tyler Algier. And actually, David Montgomery has slipped all the way to the 11th round where he belongs. Uh, one running back I think is going to absolutely move up mm-hmm. boards for better or for worse is going to end up being J.K. Dobbins. He's already yep. dangerously at RB18. And I say dangerously because, again, we want passing upside. Jacob's yawning. It's going to make me yawn right away. Got to try to fight through this one. Uh, I think great. it's going to be J.K. Dobbins at RB18. I think he could actually start to clip up. Again, there's guys that he can pass. Dalvin Cook can be cut. Joe Mixon can be cut. I don't think he's going to pass Tony Pollard, but I think Tony Pollard is going to move up. I think that you can start to see J.K. Dobbins go before guys like Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb by the end of the year because age and whatever, it's going to be hype. If Lamar Jackson signs, I think J.K. Dobbins shoots through the roof. If anything, if J.K. Dobbins doesn't, or if uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't resign, I think the argument's now going to be, well, they're going to get a quarterback that's going to throw J.K. Dobbins the ball. Right. Either narrative for J.K. Dobbins could project him higher and I think that's a dangerously high RB18. At least by the time we come back in March, I think he's okay. But I think that I've I've seen people already start to put him real close to top 12 again in so, the ranks. So I actually forget exactly the number I had him ranked at, but um, I agree he's going to move up. I don't agree that it's bad. I'm, I had J.K. Dobbins labeled as a buy. In and I don't have many running backs labeled as a buy in the top, you know, twenty or thirty. And I had Dobbins as a buy. I'm I'm interested in him. I, I know we don't want to predict what teams will do, and we can't fully, but I think we have some level of history as to just how the Ravens operate. And you know, you look at the Gus Edwards contract. I think he is as good as gone from this roster. So you're going to see a positive news bump when Gus is loaded off the bus, and. You know, we know how the Ravens operate with compensatory picks by now, right? They're not yeah. going to go and spend a bunch to replace that Edwards production in free agency. I think whatever they're looking to do at running back, whether it is serious competition for J.K. Dobbins or whether it is minute competition for J.K. Dobbins, they're going to be looking at the draft and then they're going to be looking at the second round of free agency, whatever veterans are left on the scrap heap, getting moldy in the sun. Um, after they already qualify for whatever compensatory pick they would receive. So I think that you're going to see, um, you're going to see a window between when Gus gets cut and whatever else they add to their backfield, where it's going to look like JK Dobbins bell cow season is fully underway. And then we'll see if that's actually what ends up occurring sure. or if, um, they wind up, you know, adding something more substantial. But I, I do think we're going to see a positive news bomb. It's going to be, we're going to get a new OC. Lamar is coming back. No more Gus. We're going to see that avalanche. I agree with this. Yeah, I agree. And again, with the narrative, it could be bell cow season, even if Lamar Jackson is not there. Because again, the targets, sure. the targets, the targets. We're yeah. going to start hearing that. Let's do quickly running backs that we think are going to decline. Because we still got to yeah. get you to class. Yeah, I mean, Mixon's too obvious. So um, let's rule out. Let's rule out Cook, Mixon, Henry. I think we can rule those three out. Yeah, and I'll I'll just quickly say um, this isn't my answer, mostly because um, I think even if he moves down, he's still a buy for me. But I think that one one guy that people aren't talking about enough is a guy who's going to be cut because it's not because they're looking at the ones who were bad 
Aaron Jones was awesome this year. He's not going to be cut because he's bad. He's going to be cut because his cap hit is $20.4 million in 2023. Yeah. And they can save 10 of it releasing him. So I think that he's going to be a cap casualty. And then, you know, I think he's going to be a really fun bet for somebody to take on. So I'm fine with him. I'll bet on him regardless, even as a free agent. But I can't I, wait I for I can't wait for Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones to join Aaron Rodgers in, in Las Vegas. Let's go. Oh, that would be Let's fun. Go. I like that. Okay, a running back that I think is going to go down, and I can't pick any of the fun vets um, or unfun vets, depending on how you put that. <laughs> fun um, to trash vets. Yeah, Miles Sanders is a running back that I think is going to go Sorry, way TD. down. You mentioned that he's up above Tyler Algier. Yeah, RB25 um, right now. I mean, I think Sanders is a guy that is interesting in the sense that I think he's good at some things in a real football sense. Like if you were able to have him with a good old line and you open up space, like he's got wheels and he's going to hit the hole fast. He's going to pick up positive yardage for you, but like he's, he's not a threat in the passing game in any particular way. Um, I wouldn't say that he's an all around rusher. I think he's kind of a limited rusher. I think he's like a prime Kenyon Drake kind of player in terms of when he was at his best. My comp um, for him this year was Damian Harris from the year before. Just yeah, like a couple more rushing yards. Yeah, and with maybe a little a little more speed, I think. But yeah, that's that's the same type of idea, right? Yeah. Um is so Miles Sanders is a guy that once free agency hits, like he's already he's not as good as Pollard, he's not as good as Barkley, he's not as good as Jacobs. We're gonna see some of this Aaron Jones, Dalvin, Mixon, Camara contingent get cut, and those guys are are gonna command more of a, attention than him. And so I think he ends up in a role that's like a early down split type of role. I could see him ending up with the Chargers. Yep. I could see him ending up with the Cardinals. I could Either see way, it's going like, to be messy. Like, he's going to be messy. in some team where it's like going to be like eight to 10 touches a game in contingent value. And, and, and I don't think that people will have that in their mind. I think people are still seeing him as starting running back at the Eagles. Maybe they re-sign him, but I mean, that anyone familiar with the Philadelphia Eagles and how they operate as an organization, like, this team's going to pay a running back. Come on. So I, I, I agree. So. Okay. For me, and this is going to be, this is going to cut someone pretty deep and I, I'm very sorry for it, but uh, James cook is going to fall. Uh, mm. RB 23 right now in the ninth round is kind of crazy to me. There's a reason I freaked out last year, about people drafting James cook at one Oh four. And even into the one ten. I proved one of our most viewed clips. There's a reason I freaked out about it. It was dumb then, and it looks even dumber now. Uh, I loved him. He was one of my favorites. I loved getting him in the second round, early even in the second round. I talked about that a lot. But right now, he's going just after Alvin Kamara and right before Aaron Jones. And let me tell you, mm. I would trade Aaron Jones for James Cook. or uh, Other way around. I would trade James Cook for Aaron Jones. I, I fucked well. that one yeah. up. Um, but uh, I, I just don't – I would trade James Cook for Tyler Algier. I would trade him for uh, Isaiah Pacheco, for A.J. Dillon. All these running backs going after him, I would I would easily make that happen. I think that Devin Singletary could easily resign there. I think that the the need that Buffalo has, has apparently had the last couple of years trying to add just as many running backs as they can just to not use them, I think that he, he had a couple of good games, but I think role player – on a team that doesn't check down to running backs often is a bad scenario. Uh, and I don't want a part of that right now. Uh, he's is... an average prospect with better draft capital than anyone thought. 
on a team that hates running backs and especially hates the running backs they have on their roster because they keep fucking trying to acquire them. Hines, McKissick, they drafted Cook, and they've got uh, Devin Singletary uh, last year. It's just insane. I mean, I I didn't pick. I mean, I would have, but I didn't because I've just been beating up on him too much that I I thought I was getting a little one note. So I didn't pick Swift for this answer because I've been picking up. I've been beating up on him too much lately, but – um it's kind of the same idea that I would say with cook It's like, I've seen people are like next year when Jamal Williams is gone, Swift's going to be the workhorse. And people have said that about cook. It's like guys like Jamal Williams and Devin Singletary's grow on trees. You walk outside your window. There is an orchard of Singletary's and Jamal <laughs> Williams. They're, they're available, man. They are available. They are on rosters. They will be on another roster. If these teams don't re-sign their existing Singletary's and Williams's, they will get new Singletary's and Williams's. They aren't hard to find. You can probably get one for like $3 million at, in the NFL in terms of how you construct the roster. I yeah. promise you that the reasons that James Cook and DeAndre Swift were in the roles that they were in was not because they had to make room for the illustrious talents of Jamal Williams and Devin Singletary. It's because they viewed these players as performing a role on their team. And to me, the notion that Devin Singletary is going to leave Buffalo and they will simply give James Cook 300 touches is patently absurd. It's not going to happen. He's never gotten that type of role. He's not that type of player. That's not because I think he's bad. I think he's good. He's good at doing what he does. I mean, his he's a rookie. His role can grow somewhat. Maybe they get him more integrated in the passing game. I don't know. But he's not a player you just load up and you're like, you're our bell cow now. Like they will <laughs> either draft someone or they'll re-sign Singletary or they'll pick another free agent up off the pile. But there will be a backfield that involves Cook and X. And yeah, I don't know who X is yet, but there will be an X. It is not for sure. There's just there's just no way that it's gonna be like James Cook. This is your backfield now. It's not happening. I agree. I would love it because, again, I love the player and even our process. Uh, Hey, David, a Full Tilt Discord member, the problem with Cook, Pacheco, Algier, et cetera, is if they survive the offseason, you'll probably be able to sell for first. Sure, we're not not saying – we're not talking about players moving up and down uh, in terms of what we'll be able to sell for later. We're just talking about the overall view of where we think players are going to be by the time we come back. Like we understand that they're, if then maybe you can sell for first. I also think dynasty managers are getting smarter with these types of players. It is not as easy to trade these guys away at these massive rates and massive returns as it used to be. I think the general dynasty field is getting, um, yeah. more in tune with the market unless your name is brad because yeah, i mean that if, dude is not if you're sitting on whatever these that. guys are right like i i have some damian pierce's still from rookie drafts that I, I wasn't able to sell and i have algiers that i've been willing to take speculative shots like with any of these guys it's like like i don't like james cook i I've, like i've never been in on him at cost i don't have much of him but um with any of these guys it's like you know there's a price you'd be willing to sell for and and it, you can't view it as like i just have to get this guy off my roster by the draft. If, if you have, if you have Damian Pierce on your roster and you're nervous and you should be nervous in my opinion, and I would be shopping him around. But if all you're getting is not interested, not interested, not interested. Oh, I'll give you my two, eight. I'll give you a sock. Then, then whatever you tried, <laughs> then whatever you tried and you didn't get it. And so, and so in that case, you don't have to feel bad about, Oh, I had the chance to sell him for a first that I didn't, you didn't, it's okay. You didn't have the chance right. to sell him your first. That's the league, whatever. I'm not, 
if someone offers you the first, you can't turn it down. You should do your due diligence to try to see what these players can get. And if not, you, you know, you, you put $5 on red and spin the wheel. <laughs> I love that. Uh, look, we got a little bit of time, I think. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll hit whatever we can for receivers or are you tapped? I think, I think, I, I, I think I got to run. I, it's I got to get out of here in like 10 minutes. Um, I'll give, I'll give one without an actual extensive breakdown behind but it'll be, it'll be tough for you. I will be tough. Okay. Um, guy that's going to continue to rise in the off season. Um, in my mind, I mean, we talked about him last time a lot with Ridley, which would be my top answer, but I don't want to get back into a Ridley conversation again. So I'll say it'll, that Jahan, it would blow our discord up again. Right. Um, I'll, I'll say Jahan Dotson continues to rise. People, I mean, just kind of based on the vibes, I think people have gotten really excited about him. I'm seeing the splits. The splits have come out in full force. Oh, if you just look at his, you know, week 13 to 17 or whatever specific numbers, then, you know, it starts to paint a better picture. Um, people want to get excited about rookies. I think that you're going to see more people land on him as someone to get excited about. Um, and so that's a guy that I think is probably a good bet to rise. And, a guy who will fall is just based on kind of some of the sentiment I've seen is I think potentially Christian Watson. And I'm, I'm very in on Christian Watson's office rookie year, but I think that he could fall, you know, once we see Rogers gone, um, I think people, I think people are mislabeling him as an efficiency only guy who, who just thrives off of big plays. I think that there's more nuance to it than that. But I think people will look at that and say, oh, it's not going to be as efficient without Aaron Rodgers. I think he could potentially fall. He's a guy that I'm buying at, you know, at his current price in theory. But I haven't been spamming, spamming, spamming with offers because I think we might get a better price on him shortly. And I'm really excited to try and buy in aggressively when that happens. That's legit. I like that. Uh, if I were to say a wide receiver uh, is going to slip, uh, I think it's going to be DK Metcalf. I think he slips a little bit. Uh, I'm, even Chris Godwin, I think, will also slip a little bit. He can be traded yeah. and or released. I think those two, I mean, look at DK Metcalf. If he loses, if he loses Russ and then Geno in back-to-back years, how much are people really going to stick to him at his current price of the early fourth round when he has to, again, overcome that? And he got outplayed by Lockett mm. for a lot of last year as it is. So DK Metcalf slash Chris Godwin are going to be my two receivers that I feel are going to move down. And I think a receiver that is 100% going to move up is Marquise Brown. He's underdrafted yeah. at wide receiver 28. This is going to be my third yeah. off season in a row where I'm going to have to write about him again. Uh, but Marquise Brown going that late is absolutely uh, insane to Especially me. I would gets moved. 100 percent. i think i mean talk just... about the splits right people are going to be like in weeks one through six without yeah. Hopkins, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be all hands on go for marquise brown we're like moving like i i cannot believe wide receiver 28 is where we're at again with hollywood brown dj moore still going ahead jerry judy going ahead george like it just i can't i cannot believe that so marquise brown definitely moving up should be moving up and you should be buying at all costs. That's the show. Okay. I have we'll phenomenal time. Great time. It's three weeks. We're going to miss you. Uh, uh, and we have some really cool, fun and exciting stuff coming down the turnpike here. And we still have the walkabout on Fridays and Debbie every two weeks. So we're not all going away uh, 
walkabout does come back with ADP rises and fallers, Toronto day full tilt going to rise. Damn right. We are final thoughts yeah. before we get out of here. Uh, it's been fun. Great season. And I'm excited for, I mean, Super I don't think Bowl we'll start this directly. Uh, well, Oh, right. Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I mean, look, I, I bet the Eagles start the year. Um, I can't abandon them now. So I got to go. I'm going to go Philadelphia 27, Kansas City 20. Fly, Eagles fly. Um, okay, I actually like that. Uh, I actually like that a lot. We're going to be really close on that. Um Give me one second. Um, okay, look, for me, my final thoughts are generally always the same. We have grown a lot this year. We have hit a bunch of milestones. Uh, we couldn't do any of this without you. We have so many great fans, so many people reaching out to us, our Discord, ever just loaded up with full tilt fans, tilting along with us, have been from the rip, and we love and appreciate you. Look, I have fill it. I have sorry, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I have written down here. Kansas City Chiefs 27-24. It'll be the final play of the game. Uh, go Chiefs Kingdom. That's where we're at. And I'm doing it strictly because Mr. Rutgers himself, Isaiah Pacheco, nice. uh, getting that. himself a ring. Shout out, Rutgers. That's going to do it. We'll see you guys on this show again in just a couple of weeks. Of course, you can always reach out to us. We will get back to you as soon as we can. Much love to everyone. Enjoy the game. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose. And your best days are always spent tilting. Good night, everyone.